Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are locked on Mavericks. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, it's the Locked On Mavericks podcast for Monday, February 13th, episode number 85. I am Mike. He is Jake. He's at Not Jack Kemp. I'm at Machine Sports. And you can follow the show at Locked On Mavs if you're into that kind of thing. Um, feel free to uh, email us some questions or tweet us some questions. If you want to go the email route, it's lockedonmavs at gmail.com. And uh, if you'd like us to be talking about your business right now, like we're about to be talking about SeatGeek, you can shoot us an email there uh, as well. But um, say I'm not that good at reading, Jacob, <laughs> and <laughs> these books, there's too many of them. You like and pictures. I like, I like pictures. I can understand a traffic light. Um, I like to yeah. throw football far, you know, okay. that kind of stuff. But I really want to get out to say, you know, go see 21 Pilots <laughs> um, on February 22nd. How would I do that? Well, you could either go through a really complicated, long process of looking at several different ticket sites, or you can just use SeatGeek. I don't know if you've heard of SeatGeek, Mike, but it's by far the easiest way to shop for tickets, music, sports, whatever. Get an app. You know how to, you got a phone, right? Oh, yeah. I got, okay. my, I got my weather machine. Okay. Well, on your phone, download the SeatGeek app, and you can instantly find seats for any game or any concert, and we'll throw you uh, 20 bucks, right? Yeah, a they check. Will. It's, it's a check spelt with a Q, C-H-E-Q-U-E. They'll send you a $20 check or give you a $20 PayPal with our promo code. Which is L-O-Mavs, as in locked on Mavs. Um, I see, I see. And, and these are not just seats for geeks. You can be a normal person. <laughs> Say you want to go to U2 on May 26th, 21 Pilots, February 22nd. Hey, I don't know if you realize this, but they play baseball at the uh, – beginning of april and opening day tickets are already out there so seat geek uh promo code lomav save you 20 bucks there we are um this was a badass weekend for basketball i'm yep. just gonna throw that out there <laughs> um the mavs game saturday was super lit i felt like they took a team that um was trying to check out of this whole thing and rub their nose in it um warriors at thunder was the same night and I knew things were about to be popping off because Russell Westbrook walked in with a steaming Willie Beeman jersey. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, he is president. He is God now. Like, move yeah. everybody else aside. Obviously, we're, I didn't get to see quite as much of that game. We had it on, I had it on the media television. On it the was road, awesome. But yeah, because, you know, even – so that was one thing is I didn't have – I didn't pay super close attention to the second half of the Mavs game at all. There's no need. Um, because when you have a 32-12 to 12 second quarter – yeah, you know the game is over. Um, yeah, man, 
They were getting close so, to being up by like 40 at some points, weren't they? They were like flirting with a possession or two of yeah. being up like 72 to like 40. Was I think I think 72 to 40 was a score at one point. <laughs> yeah, 70, uh, 79-43. Yeah. Got uh, midway mighty. through the third. So, yeah, I have seen all the highlights and got about 20 minutes uh, of that of the Thunder Warriors, but – um, I don't know if man, it did it justice for how tense it was. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got. Like, Sean, me, Sean and I <laughs> talked about it Sunday morning. But, man, Orlando's just another team that <laughs> – it's so uh, – we talked about – they spent most of the postgame show on this Saturday night. Like, it's just so hard to be good. Yeah. Well, they're really <laughs> dumb, too. They didn't, They went about it, like, the worst way. I mean, but, you say that. The, the, the Abaka trade was not good, but no. you, could, you could argue that they won the Dwight Howard trade and have nothing to show for it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, true. Vooch was like a third-team All-NBA player a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take him and stunt his growth by putting in uh, two other players that need to play at center. Why not? Why not? Let's sign two. Right. Let's do that. <laughs> Like, I don't get – I would love for their GM to get on a grease board and try and show me his little roadmap that he has in his head. Where it's, you're got, gonna, it's, it's gotten bad over the last couple of years, but I liked Peyton. I like Gordon. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I forgot Aaron Gordon's on their team because they don't even use him. Yeah. I mean, they're – Get him out of there. Good God. Guy's That's sad. Yeah, dude. Get him – I mean, they have a lot of young, like, really talented dudes that, like, have no interest in being good on the Magic anymore. Um, I mean, you when you overpay for, like, Fournier and you feel like Jeff Green's some kind of answer and you double down at the 4-5 position with Biombo and Ibaka when you already have uh, Vooch yeah. um, and you don't even have minutes left for Aaron Gordon. Yeah, and, Gordon was hurt the other night, but still, he doesn't – I don't yeah. know. He's getting he's – getting, it's a complete waste. They still have Hazonia. Yeah. Like, Sixth overall pick. That guy is so forgotten. He played a lot the other night, too. Yeah, and he didn't play exceptionally well. Um, but, yeah, that that I want to know what their plan was. <laughs> like, what's step two if this would have worked? If you get to, you know, a 45-win team this year with this roster, like, where are you going from here? What's next for you? But, uh, yeah, Mavs beat the living piss out of uh, Orlando uh, the other night. Most important question, how was the halftime act? Uh, dude, I don't even remember. I, think I, was, I don't even think I was paying attention. It was like kids. F- forgettable. Yeah, that's what it was. You know, KT was there, and we were BSing the entire time. And, he's, a, uh, he's a real BSer. Yeah, you could tell. It was a Saturday night um, Orlando it, I, I don't remember it being memorable at all. It was zombie night, too. Yeah, that, you know, I'm not really here for the Mavs dancers dressed <laughs> in, uh, in, in horror core gear. That's, <laughs> that's not for me. That was kind of funny, but. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up, though, is we got, I got a good tweet about this during the postgame show from Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, good, strong, locked on Mavs P1. Because, like, we had Cuban on on Friday, and I feel like yeah. Brian and Followell were really, I don't know, they were inspired by hearing Cuban say it's about the young guys playing. And mm-hmm. we didn't really get a good feel for it the other night because Darren started, but because it, it, I mean, the game was over um, whenever he checked out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. He only played 15 minutes. Yogi ends up playing 31. But I feel like if it's a normal game and D-Will's healthy, like I think Jason's point was you're fooling yourself if you think he's not playing 30 minutes in a normal game. Darren? Yeah. Yeah, no, so, he's going he's gonna to play. 
you can get as excited as you want about Farrell, but it might be Farrell on the bench because, I, you know, in a normal game, if they're, fi- they're two games back at the eighth seed, in a normal game, if Darren Williams is healthy, he's going to be getting almost all of the minutes. Yeah, and I mean, it's nothing wrong with his performance. I'm not saying he, he needs to be benched necessarily. Um, he's been very good. He's played really well. In his 15 minutes the other night, he played really well. He was like finding people coming off uh, – coming off actions like right as they're stepping in so when they need to shoot like he looked like he was like completely up to speed nothing was holding him back he looked like Darren Williams who uh played the first 40 games here um this season just a really solid point guard that knows what he's doing and oddly enough like I don't know I don't feel like when the Mavericks were going bad I don't feel like he was the problem um and even like since that you know since our uh our D-Day of uh, December 7th, I don't even feel like he was the problem um, prior to that or even after that. I feel like Darren was fine, and he doesn't need he doesn't deserve to be benched, but if you are dedicated to playing the young dudes, there ain't enough minutes um, for Darren, Yogi, JJ, and Seth. Uh, there, just, there just isn't for, yeah. those, for those dudes to properly uh, mature. And I knew Carlisle was going to do some crap like this, um, and I think in the pregame, it was in the pre and the post, um, he basically just said, you know, Darren's a better player. That's why we're going to play him. Yep. Uh, he was playing close to an all-star caliber. So um, I didn't get to hear Cuban talking about the draft, but apparently he had uh, some thoughts on the draft Friday. Do you remember any of uh, anything that – I mean, up? he – I don't even know. I don't love whenever he walks into these arguments at all, but part of it was just the reason you don't – tank is that you just don't know with the draft so before he had said something like well there's no LeBron or KD in this draft Um, and then what he said the other day was you know a couple years ago teams were racing to try to get Okafor (laughs) and and a mere two years later he's fallen way out of favor who Um, was racing to get Jalil Okafor yeah it's I don't know I mean he didn't go he didn't even go first yeah you know so it's but I guess his point is just that he just picked the most recent, like, high pick that hasn't that exactly failed. panned out. <laughs> right. Kind of felt that way. Yeah. Um, I don't and think Okafer could still be really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we can, I don't know. I think if he's on the right team, we can get to that. But yeah. I think the point is, um, you know, he's just he's trying to give you reasons why it's not good to lose. Like, that right. the certainty of, of the, the certainty of positive that come, a positive return that comes with the negative experience of, of losing is just that. It's, there is no certainty. I mean, if you look at all the picks in that draft, you've got to go pretty far before you get a guy that has been much of a difference maker. Like, well, let's see, Chris Stapps, obviously. Yep. But like in last year's draft, for example... Ben Simmons, Brandon Ingram, Ingram Jalen Brown, Dragon Bender, Chris Dunn, Buddy Held, Jamal Murray. Really, you have to you bef- you have to get to Jamal Murray to find a guy who's had any impact this year. Yeah. Well, I mean that's the life of rookie basketball too. I mean, that's not that that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, there's not gonna. I don't know how many dudes. Um, I don't know how many years we're gonna go before a rookie just has a, you know, front to end really strong rookie campaign. Um, I feel Towns like... Towns and Porzingis were pretty good, but they are Towns supreme and outliers. You are yeah, right. exactly. There's like two every like three years or something like that of dudes that are going to have like really sol- solid rookie years. And uh, I mean, even Porzingis missed a lot of time his rookie year. 
Um, it's just, I don't know, adjusting to the NBA game coming straight out of, uh, you know, either whether it's overseas or one year of, uh, of basketball just seems to be a pretty large leap. And, you know, if you're, if you're critiquing that process, that's fine. But um, there are guys that pan out in their second year. There are guys that pan out in their third year. And I don't know. I feel like I'm arguing against nothing really um, because he says it so like uh, with such a soft hand to it where he's like, you know, it doesn't really work out. And, you know, maybe you maybe you tank and maybe you uh, but there's no certainty there. And it's like, all right, well, you're softening your stance quite a bit. And what you're really saying is we're going to try and win every game we possibly can. And that's fine. And at the same time, I think he's probably saying in the future. Actually, he didn't say this, but I imagine that the end game of this is they're going to try to win as many games as they can. And I would be very surprised if they did something again in the future, like giving up two or three draft spots for half a million dollars of cap room to yeah. make a play for a guy who's 30. So yeah, that makes now, sense that I don't think they'll be doing. I also don't think that they'll be doing anything to hurt their chances to win. And you could make the case that even trading Darren Williams could hurt their chances to win. I wouldn't make that case, but Rick's kind of already is. Yeah. Uh, Bogut's a different story. And yeah. I still don't know if he's like can play or if he's healthy or what, but I mean, seeing that trade this weekend, I'm not saying that like, look, I think that's a bad deal for Denver or excuse me for Portland, because I think Plumlee's way better than Nurkic. I've stated my love for Mason Plumlee. Mm-hmm. But I would be all over having Nurkic on on the maps. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. And I don't know what – I mean, so it's Nurkic and a protected first from the Grizzlies. Yeah, so – So it's not just a first. When I saw it was a first, I was like, whoa, Denver, slow down. Do you, know what the, do you know what the protection is? Um, I don't, but I assume it's probably like top ten or lottery. Um, I can look it up here in a second. But – uh. So Nurkic and uh, Grizzlies protected first round pick for Mason Plumley and uh, and a second round pick and I really don't hate this from either side. Um, I feel like Nurkic has a lot of a lot of upside to him. Um, I don't think he fixes necessarily anything with the Trailblazers, but yeah, I'll tell you, you what he fi- I could tell you what he fixes. He fixes that? the fact that he makes no money. <laughs> That's true. He fixes the fact that he makes no money and uh, he's not about to be a restricted free agent next right. this offseason. And that's why Portland did this, because they started looking at their roster, uh, looking at their underwhelming start to this season, looking at next year's cap number, which is $139 million dedicated to their cap next year. Yeah. Um, and that's without Plumlee on the books. And looking at – I'm at to throw big money at that guy, and every dollar I spend on that guy is going to be like $2.5. Um and they realized they had no upward mobility from the roster that they have uh, structured. I mean, they're spending almost $40 million uh, over the next <laughs> three seasons on Evan Turner and Alan Crabb. Like, yeah. you, did, you did this to you. And if you want to go even further, they're spending Not almost... Not in a <laughs> yeah, Well, uh, My- Myers-Leonard. Yeah. They're spending almost $50 million on Crabb, Turner, and Myers-Leonard. Like, good God, that's the worst investment Worst three-player investment I think any team has right now. Um, and they realized they had no upward mobility, and maybe uh, if they get, like, the 16th overall pick, that makes their team a little bit better. And maybe the upside of Nurkic makes them, 
you know, um, whatever he might turn into. I don't even know what Nurkic is right now besides a really skilled big dude that uh, throws his weight around pretty well. But they took a hard look in the mirror, and I kind of applaud them for doing this. And I also see exactly what Denver was doing um, as well. So I have no problem with either side of it. Yeah, I guess my only thing is just that right now Plumlee is better than Nurkic. He is, for sure. There's no doubt about that. There's no arguing that. I think it's – yeah, the pick – can swing it the willingness it's kind of like they're having to do this because they've made it some other mistakes so yeah you're doubling down a mistake with a <laughs> another action yeah and i mean doubling down really would probably be holding on to Plumley and paying him or that would be like tripling down because they would have so much money tied up but they're in a position to make the playoffs now so i'm always a little bit sketch about doing something that makes your roster you know even if it's just 2% worse than it was the day before, not to mention making the team that you're chasing probably a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and that I is weird. It, I, didn't, I didn't think about that. They're right next to each other in the standings. I can almost guarantee you that's never happened. Uh, yeah. That's, the, at this point of the season, in, yeah. in season, not like two teams who finished at 4-5 or five making an off-season deal. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not even – it's 8-9 too. Like, they're separated yeah. by making the playoffs by a game. I didn't, pretty, re- yeah, I didn't realize that. Pretty rare. And yeah. I mean that's know, how desperate that's how desperate Portland is. Yeah. To to make their team better in any fashion. Um I mean they're having a spaz out moment. Um the Grizzlies pick, by the way, is only top five protected. For and it's uh, next year. For this year and next year. No, it's it's a 2017 first round pick. Um and it's top five protected this year and top five protected next year, which it won't be in the top five for either of those because the Grizzlies are going to have, like, it'll be like the 18th pick. Let's yeah. just say that. So Portland gets the 18th pick and Nurkic back for um, the <laughs> two of the three Plumleys have been traded this week, <laughs> which is awesome. It's tough. Um, and then I guess we can jump to, if you have nothing else on that, we can jump to um, Jalil Okafor is not on the, uh, the road trip. With the 76ers. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't play last night. Um, and it's either um, the Pelicans or um, the Bulls, I believe, are the two two that are getting the most buzz, at least. Um, What's the keep, proposed Chicago deal? I don't know. I know Denzel Valentine's involved. I'm guessing a first. Um, I haven't seen specifics on the Chicago deal. But people keep asking me, like, and we talked about this. Should the Mavs like get involved in this? And what do you do? You like the talent of Okafor, and what what could he be on a good team? And we we outlined it pretty well last week. Um, I think you could run a second unit through Jalil Okafor, and he could play some minutes with you know uh, if you have somebody next to him that's a better defender. Um, yeah. But the Mavericks won't go near this guy because he's not their kind of guy, and. I kind of hate that about – I don't know. Anytime you're taking a step towards shrinking the pool of players that you can acquire and shrinking the um, talent pool in which you can make your team better, like I'm not a big fan of that, but I, I get their whole deal. Yeah. It's, almost, it's almost like the, um, the Parcells would only draft a quarterback that played all four years in college. Um, it's like, okay, how many guys – how many of those are there? Like, most of the quarterbacks in the league aren't that guy. Um, but, I don't know. I feel like in the, if he goes to the Pelicans, that gets real interesting. If he goes to the Bulls, I'm going <laughs> to hate the rest of his career. 
Yeah, I think the Pelicans thing, it's like we've said it a hundred times. It's just that you could start him with Anthony Davis because like Falwell brought up the other night on the postgame show, like the pairing of Favors and Gobert is tenuous, not for any other reason than that neither one of them can shoot. But mm-hmm. Okafor and Davis can both shoot a little bit. Oh, yeah. Dude, Davis so, can shoot a lot, man. Yeah. So even though, you know, Okafor is kind of slow, he doesn't rebound all that well. The future of Anthony Davis is the five. Yeah. And I would rather, if you're going to play him at the five, I'd rather have a four who can play, I don't know, just I like his game a lot more than pairing him with Ryan Anderson. Yeah. And if you go to Chicago, I don't, they have such an odd collection of players. Yeah, it doesn't even matter in Chicago. You're just just some dude there, like – you, they, they have to they have to field a team of players. <laughs> that's what that's what the Bulls are like right now. Um, yeah, that's weird, man. They're a weird team. I mean, I, I liked Miritich year one, but of course, I, I you know he hasn't really done much to develop at all. They have Rolo, but that's really he's really their only center. Unless mm-hmm. I can interest you in Fat Cristiano Felicio. He slimmed down. He slimmed down. <laughs> future future Maverick uh, Cristiano Felicio. Uh, he'll be the Maverick be the Mavericks backup center next year. I know you're a fan. In my 2K17 franchise, <laughs> when I signed so, him for like 700 grand. So I, I do like that. I like the idea of moving him to, uh, of moving him to New Orleans. I don't know if you know they're a game and a half back from Dallas right now. That probably does make them a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but you know, if Dallas keeps playing like this, or even like kind of like this, they're gonna mm-hmm. get in. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they're ten and five in their last fifteen. They're now they're now their new net rating over the last fifteen is top three in the league. Um, yeah, I mean they're playing dumb. Like they're a really good basketball team right now, and I really can't wait till tonight to see how the rotations work out. Um, whenever they're playing a good team uh, in the uh, in the Celtics, and we get to see what exactly Yogi is yep. um, now that Darren's back. But um, I think just to wrap up the Okafor thing, I think the Pelicans do that. Yeah. I think I think the Pelicans make that happen for there's the basketball reasons that we discussed and there's also the save my effing job reasons. Yep. And if Dell Dims can walk in there um to uh whatever the Saints and Pelicans owner is and say Loomis. You, yeah, you can't you can't fire me. Um, look, I've got Buddy Heald. I've got rookie Buddy Heald. I've got second-year Jalil Okafor. And Anthony Davis is about, to lead, the, about to lead the league in scoring. Like, let this, let this team grow together. Yep. Um, and that's a save-my-job save type of move and, move, and it creates some kind of buzz for the Pelicans, which, honestly, right now, they ain't got none. Like, that right. city is so tired of them doing this crap. Um, so, I'd, I would put – not a ton of money, but I would put money on the Pelicans getting that deal done. So, all right, we got Mavs and Celtics tonight. Um, Celtics are hot as hell, too. Yeah, we could see Isaiah Thomas play with them for three quarters and then drop 15 in the fourth, which will be super fun. They've but, won, uh, was it like 10 of 11? <clears throat> might be. I don't know. I haven't looked into them yet. 9 of 10. Nice. Um, yeah. So, Watch that tonight, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, thank you for listening, and Jacob, thank you for your time. All right, bud. All right, later.